did not demand my pleasure during those moments? Why did I not take advantage of those moments and use them to like teach my partners how to see what pleasure is for a woman rather than just exploring and performing for him? And when I say it, I mean the fantasy. I was not deeply involved in a relationship. I was she's frustrated and can't get off that's your reason right there she's not a fucking joystick so i want you to take so much lube and i want you to just press foreplay what is up my loves welcome back to another episode of just press foreplay i am your host Susie, and this week we're going to talk about fantasizing sexualizing noticing that very fine line between the two and paying attention to those red flags. You don't get caught with your pretty rose-colored glasses on, and then all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck? This person does not care about me at all. Um, This is not dating advice. This is definitely sex advice. I'm terrible at dating advice, I think. <laughs> Literally consists of two phrases, block him or dump him. You deserve better. <laughs> but sex advice, self-awareness advice, um, ways to make people more aware of you as the human that you are and what you bring to the table and how they should be respecting you. That's the stuff I'm all about. But before we get into all that, I want to do a little bit of an update. Casual affairs, which we were doing every Monday for a little bit, um, those are probably going to be a little bit sparing, probably very sparing. Um, reason being is because the political world is insane right now. And if you don't know what's going on, it looks like a fucking circus show. If you know what's going on, then you realize that it's supposed to look like a circus show so that people wake up to the reality of what's happening behind the curtains and there's also a third group because everything happens in threes of people who have completely lost hope don't fall in the group of people who have lost hope there's nothing worse you can do for yourself than allow yourself to fall in the dark hole of not having hope not thinking that things will get better you have to believe that things will get better so hard that you start creating the better and that's the point of what's happening right now everything is so dark and messy because we haven't been acting we haven't been standing up and we haven't been putting our best foot forward and this is the compound effect of that we're seeing that we have let a system that doesn't represent us represent us I'm an American. I'm speaking from America. I have never traveled outside of America, but I'm a freedom fighter and I always will be. And that's at the sole core of what keeps me fired up and why I love bringing you guys a podcast that brings you your own self fire. It's not about politics. It's not about what's going on in the world, but it's more about what are you doing to dictate for your world what's gonna happen because we have that power and we've been told that we don't have that power and it's a lie we do and if we didn't have it there would be no reason to try and keep us under a thumb so hard we are sharks that have been put in a fish tank essentially and we've been told that the fish tank is what our life is and that's not it's not true it's not true we know it in our souls and that's why a lot of us are feeling depressed and anxious and don't know what the fuck is going on what's going on is what's inside of you and it's in a reflection and you've 
been needing to do the inner reflection for more than this past year, but if you haven't started yet, draw the line and start now. So we will bring you Casual Affair Monday episodes um, when we feel like there will be things that we have good input on. Um, If you want to keep up to date on things that are happening under the veils, I would listen to Steak for Breakfast podcast because they are always keeping up on what information is coming out, what is actually verified as proof, what is still being talked about. And that's one of the things a lot of people forget with all of this hearsay that's going on. A lot of people want to just throw out the word, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Well, no, the reality of it is, is we all do our independent research and we take what sits with us and we leave what doesn't. And together we all communicate about it. And by doing so, we find what speaks true to us and we can put actions forward after that. So that's why it's important to be informed. So Steak for Breakfast is a podcast that I listen to when I want to kind of see what other people are thinking about all the information that's out. You can't ignore it. The information's out. Um, But no more of that. Just wanted to update you guys on what would be happening with Casual Affair Mondays. As far as these episodes go, because we are at episode number 30 now, like, like, holy fucking shit. This podcast has definitely been the most exciting project I've ever worked on. Um, and the ability to be able to put together episodes and make connections in a world that isn't always able to be talked about. You know, you can't always find this information just with a Google search because not everyone who's involved in the world is super open about talking about it because there's a lot of judgment that gets thrown around. Um, when it comes to your personal sexuality, when it comes to you demanding your pleasure, when it comes to you even having or finding that space to figure it out what it is that you do like and what your pleasure even means to you. Most people can't even really answer that question. They devote most of their time trying to understand what pleasure means to someone else or trying to get someone to understand their pleasure, which how how can that happen if you don't understand your own? So yeah, it's been a really fun journey over these last six months. And I hope that all of you who are listening um, get a lot of benefit out of the things that I share with you and the the journey that I've kind of gone through to get my own self-confidence where I'm at now. Because it definitely is just that, right? A journey. And I'm so excited to have all of you be a part of this with me. And thank you for being a part of this with me because by talking and by creating community together, all of us are learning and all of us are growing and all of us are becoming that 1% better every day, but we can't do it without one another. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the movement that is taking control of your own sexuality, taking control of your own pleasures and not allowing anyone to shame you for it. So instead of doing episodes on Thursdays, I'm just going to be having weekend episodes. It won't be every weekend because sometimes I need a little more time to put an episode together for you. I definitely don't want to rush things and I don't want to just throw together an episode to throw together an episode. I put a lot of care into these and I like to bring you guys stuff that you can think about, not just, you know, an update on my life because who am I? Like, let's let's grow. Let's learn about things. Let's get excited about things. Let's improve every week. So if you have not already, please go like and subscribe. You can do that at justpressforeplay.com, J-U-S-T-P-R-E-S-S-F-O-R-E-P-L-A-Y.com. And while you're there, we have new merch, so go check that out. Top right corner will open up the tab for you. It says like hoodies, sweats, and things. We got new merch in there. We got new designs. Let me know what you guys think. You can always um, send me an email if you want to contact me, just press foreplay at Yahoo, or you can get on Reddit if you want to talk to me anonymously, or we are very active on Instagram. 
Daddy's Home is my personal favorite sweatshirt. It is by Champion. Um, the design print on it, I designed myself. So it's got the Vagina Berry logo on it, which I love. So go check it out, justpressforeplay.com. All right, let's get into this week's episode. So don't usually do this, but let's do a mental check-in because I never do this with you guys and I feel like mental space is a huge important part of checking in with yourself and your sexuality, where you're at for the week, uh, where you're at for the year, fucking where the fuck are you? So as I said before, I think in a couple episodes ago, my birthday always throws me off track. So I've been off track since my birthday. And then Pat's birthday is the following month. So then we got off track again. It's been sunny out. We've been playing at the creek, <laughs> basically just moving rocks at the creek because we're a bunch of children. It's been everything I've wanted to do, nothing I've been needing to do. So I haven't been like staying consistent on pretty much anything. Um, but then last week I was like, okay, I need to get a hold on this again. Like two months going by is too long. So did a meditation, realigned myself, did a gratitude meditation, made sure to do this for a couple of days and holy shit, the doors that opened almost immediately. When I tell you guys that like vibration and the vibration that you are on is so important. I can't emphasize it enough. It is so fucking important. And it's just about alignment. The moment you express gratitude, the moment you're like, okay, let me take a moment and just make sure I'm in sync with what I'm supposed to be in sync with. All it takes is breath work, meditation, and inner reflection. You put yourself right back on that track and doors fucking open for you. So I had the idea of starting a Reddit board. Um, I, first of all, I didn't know you could do this. I thought you could only make a Reddit profile and I didn't put two and two together because I'm extra special on creating a board for the community that I want to create with this podcast. So that is up now. It's called Kinky Bunny Lounge and I like to collect those odd questions that people ask on Reddit boards. Um redirect them over to this one so that we can have good conversation because sometimes good things get lost on Reddit because a lot of people don't want to have those deep conversations. They just kind of want to have mass population conversations. But you know me, I like to get us talking. I like to get us thinking. I like to poke buttons. I like us to start looking directions, seeing what the fuck is really going on and deciding for ourselves. I want this board to be a very safe space to ask questions you don't get to ask other places, especially when it comes to spirituality, especially when it comes to metaphysical, and especially when it comes to things about sex that we're told are like, no, that's not even, like for how long are we told that women's pleasure isn't even a thing? you know? So it's like sometimes topics, we have to get together to be able to discover what the truth is for us based off of our own experiences. And that's how we're going to get the most raw information from it. So that's what this is all about. There is no shaming. I will block you. I'm not afraid to do so. Any hate comments, any comments that are like, well, you must be a blah, 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 blah. Like, I hate you directed comments. We don't know each other, but the point is to ask questions to get to know each other so that way we can build ourselves stronger, so we can build each other stronger. It's all about community. It's all about connection. And it's all about lifting up one another. Um, one of my favorite things when I was in the hospitality industry was the times when I was managing groups of young women because it's so easy to have things be catty or have things be empowering where everyone is helping one another. And it's a very soft line between the two, but it's not hard to achieve. And it is so rewarding to get to watch 
young women just empower each other in their passions, in the things they're excited about, in the questions that they need to ask one another. Because we don't always get to ask these questions of people. We don't always have safe spaces to be curious about things. Um, So whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're anything in between, this is a safe space for questions, for communication, for bringing up topics that you're afraid to ask other places. Um, One post that I did put on there that I want people to actually put input on, I myself have never been on birth control, so I can't have anything to say about it. But there's an interesting post on there about sexual attractions changing based off the type of birth control that you're taking. There's stories and comments of some people who have been married for a long period of time and then change their birth control and are suddenly no longer attracted to their partner. Um, So I posted that on there if anyone else has noticed any of those issues pop up for them or are curious how other people are dealing with it. Those are the types of posts that I want on there for you guys to be able to explore. So that's up there now. Go check it out. And again, I want it to be a space for us to explore thought and encourage one another. Jealousy is a learned trait. Um, Being competitive in an unhealthy way is a learned trait. And the best way you can combat that is to immerse yourself with, if you're constantly comparing yourself to people who you think are better than you, immerse yourself in that world so that way you become part of it. So that way you no longer feel inferior. Jealousies and all of these negative feelings come up just when we're lacking in understanding or lacking a knowledge of something. So go immerse yourself. Go get all of the knowledge you can on the topic so you no longer feel inferior. It's an ego thing to have all of that hate come out. So don't let it. Reject it. Uh, The other post that I was really excited to put on there was a post about sex hallucinations. I have had hallucinations during, um, during sex with one person. No, actually, that's not true. I think it's been with two people. But I'm also a very spiritually connected person. So I feel like some people are like, wait, what do you mean? What is hallucinations? Uh, Prisms, lights, things like that. Uh, But it could speak different for a lot of different people. So that post is on there too, if you want to go read some of the comments that are on there. Um, But the reason that I bring up that question is because last week when we were talking to Alessandra, who is a 24-7 submissive, she connected someone or she encouraged someone to reach out to me. I'm so excited they did because this is someone who is a completely different perspective. This is someone who is on the spiritual aspect of BDSM, on the dominant side of BDSM, and really embraces what it means to be sensual within exploring BDSM pleasures. So that is going to be our episode for next week, which I am beyond excited for. And this is one of those connections that came about after I did my gratitude meditation. And it's just one of those things where it's like the alignment allows for other alignments to happen. And if you're never checking in, how many connections are you letting float by because you didn't open up the door for the energy to flow to you? Like this life is a crazy thing and it's beautiful when you allow the magic to exist and you don't question, and you don't fight, but you surrender to what is source and source light, because that's what you are, and you're connected, so be a part of it. So next week, we have Dom K, sensual Dom K. I'm I'm so excited. I'm beyond excited. So if you guys want me, or if you guys have any questions you'd like me to ask or send their way, 
hop onto the board, send me a private message, whatever you want to do. Okay, so now that we are all caught up on all of the goods and the details, I have a confession to make. I didn't have an episode on Thursday because I was binge-watching Sexify on Netflix, and I fucking loved every fucking minute of it. This show is epic. We are at such a beautiful turning point in life for demanding pleasure again like I cannot say it enough it is the age of demanding and cultivating what pleasure means to you and the show is all about it these girls I don't want to spoil anything for you because you guys should definitely go watch it for yourselves Um, but the main gist of it is that they create something to benefit women's pleasure because it's looked at as something that doesn't exist men are never taught to have awareness of it and we ourselves are never taught to have awareness of it so this whole show just glorifies everything that's beautiful about that um it kind of shows you how the school system always shies away from these types of topics but how we need to be the pioneers of it we need to be the ones who say no this is important this is something that everyone talks about but doesn't know how to talk about properly and now we're coming into talking about it properly and it is so beautiful and so exciting i hope you are embracing what it means to understand your own sexual pleasure and i hope that if you don't understand yet that you are taking all the steps to learn because you deserve it you are beyond worth it And when we deny this part of ourselves, we're literally denying an energy that is what brought us into this world. Sexual energy is huge. Sexual energy is the core of what creates us. We can't deny it anymore. We can't pretend that it's this gross, icky thing to talk about. It's got to be something that we bring into our spiritual worlds, that we use to connect mind, body, soul, awareness, all of it fucking all of it and I'm excited I'm here for it and I want all of us to be our own pioneers for our sexual pleasures so yeah that kind of cultivated what is this episode I wanted to do fantasies and sexualizing for a long time because you know well it was interesting because I made a post about it and this woman was like I don't want those two to ever be correlated Well, yeah, that's the reality of it. We don't want those two to be correlated. We don't want to be sexualized in a fantasy. We want to be fantasized in a fantasy. But where is that line where it becomes being over-sexualized? Because it does exist in every fucking moment. It's there. I was watching multiple shows over the last few weeks and just recognizing the trend of there's the moment where fantasy turns into a sexualized moment. And, you know, the expressions are always shown on people's faces, but each individual's perception was different. And so it's bringing awareness to that, you know, bringing awareness to those moments. For me, the biggest emphasis that I want to bring forward is that fantasy is supposed to be about experience, not demands. And this episode kind of goes in really well following the BDSM episodes and coming into having a more spiritual BDSM episode next week because it is about the experience. It's not about dictating to someone or having control in the sense of you're being objectified, but it's having control in the sense of like we talk about in all of our BDSM episodes 
Um, it's the submissive giving that control and that's where the true power is. But it's also something that's very blinding sometimes because when you're young, you want to be viewed as attractive. You want people to um, desire you. You want to have these things fulfilled within yourself sexually, um, but you don't always know how to do it properly. And so sometimes what you get is not necessarily what you were desiring because you didn't know how to ask for it in the right ways. This was something I really had to work on when I was younger, and I really had to bring a lot of attention to and self-awareness, um, because, you know, when you're raised by a young mom who is just trying to survive, you realize that the relationships that she's having, those connections aren't the kind of connections that you want either, and it's not that it was her fault, it was just that they didn't bring to the table what she deserved and maybe she didn't realize what she deserved and that was why she wasn't able to attract people who would bring to her what she deserved. Um, so maybe that even played a little bit of a role into why I was able to recognize these things. But my first boyfriend that I had, we were together for like three years, I want to say, and there were definitely turning points where I had realized that things were switching over to a space that was glorifying the sex but not deepening the intimacy at all. I had created a space within our relationship that just cultivated the sex um, and I didn't know how to bring back the sensuality and so I ran from it. I was done with the relationship. I was like, nope, I, I don't want this then for some reason I would still crave getting into relationships where, again, I would notice the signs where they weren't seeing me the way they were supposed to. I was completely being objectified, but their words were good and they would use the fantasy, hopeless, romantic ploys to get me where they wanted me and then boom, sexualize. And it's fun when you're young because, you know, it's exciting and in the end the sex is what you want, so you go for it and it is in some ways what you're asking for. You do want it. But then as you get older, you look back and you're like, why did I not demand my pleasure during those moments? Why did I not take advantage of those moments and use them to like teach my partners how to see what pleasure is for a woman rather than just exploring and performing for him. But let me tell you, I was not ready for what hit me when I was 22. <laughs> I met someone who would invade my fantasies for years. And when I say years, I mean like I stopped counting because it got to a point where I would get so good at replacing when they would pop in my head that it's just like, nope, this isn't happening again. Nope, this isn't still happening. <laughs> I'm talking my dreams. I'm talking those moments in the shower where you just get hit with a memory. What was it? I forget who was talking about it. Someone called that. Fuck, what was it? It's not post-nut clarity, but it's like some sort of post-dick clarity. Fuck, I wish I remembered the name of it. It was hilarious whoever was talking about it. But anyway, that's what fucking would happen to me. It literally took priority over every relationship that I was having from that point on. It was not okay. It was not healthy. And I was so deeply involved in it. 
And when I say it, I mean the fantasy. I was not deeply involved in a relationship. I was deeply, deeply involved in a fantasy. I had met this person. We, I think we had met out dancing, which is probably where demon number one was standing because I'm a sucker for that. And then for two, the chemistry was so profound. Like sometimes you meet people in your life and there's just a connection that you can't deny. It's there. You know it's there. And they can't deny it either. Some people run from it. Some people don't. I don't know if they felt it or not. But for me, it was definitely there. And it manifested itself into deep, deep fantasy because I essentially got ghosted. Which is fine. But when you're someone who's very sexually connected with themselves and you meet someone else who has something about them that awakens a part of your sexual chemistry like holy fuck it's hard not to get caught in the fantasy of everything but sometimes the fantasy is more fun than the reality and so that's what I would let myself sit with and I slowly evolved the fantasies from the dreams from being that person in them to evolving them to just having it be the feeling that I got not attaching it to that individual but attaching it to the feeling that I felt because that was something I didn't want to lose that was something that was important to me it was something that I hadn't felt before and it was like an intimate intimacy that I was looking for but had never seen and then on top of that my pleasure was a priority and so when you're a man and you take a woman's pleasure as priority, you better fucking be ready to give her more than two months because shit, that is cruel if you don't. But anyway, it's okay. I'm still alive. I survived. It didn't ruin me for life. It just ruined me for a small little bit. But it did get me a lot better at controlling how my fantasies would take over my life, my dreams, all of that. So now I can use it as something that is just fun, but it's not toxic to my other relationships. Because I I really let myself be an asshole for a little bit there. Like, no one was good enough. No one um, could get me that excited. Because, like, him and I were wild, and it was just... It was so much fun that no one else compared and I was mean to them for it. I remember this one guy. Oh, I feel so bad. Uh, I remember this one guy. He was like, he had recognized that I wasn't getting wet for him. And I think we were drinking. So that, of course, also played a role into it. But I had just like got fed up with catering to him constantly like, needing to be needy emotionally and I just wasn't feeling it. I was getting super pissy about it and I was like, you know what? The day that I can get off without touching myself on you is the day that you'll actually understand pleasures and I... (laughs) I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so fucking sorry. I was so mean. (laughs) But that was the state of mind that it had put me in. Like, it would literally make me angry when people would try because I could just... They just, it wasn't, I couldn't, already couldn't feel it, you know? And to be honest, my abusive relationship, I think this is part of a huge reason why it got to that point, even though there were small signs and he was abusive in his other relationships, so I'm not the first person he's ever put hands on. And there's always a trend. If someone's ever going to put a hand on you, they're going to continue to do it. Just know that now. Don't make excuses for them. But there was one night where he made a comment about, like, kind of just, like, my presence, like, me not 
mentally being present. And I wasn't, I actually wasn't trying to be an asshole during this situation. I, but I was being vulnerable and I was being really honest and I was answering extremely honestly and I shouldn't have. But I, I said, you know, I can't get over someone who I was with before. And so there are moments where it comes in and I can't get over it. Um, that night and well, sometimes there's people you shouldn't be so honest with, but that was a fantasy bleeding in for me. That was a fantasy bleeding into other aspects of my life. Um, have you guys ever heard of the term Tinkerbell effect? It's essentially where you believe in something so much that you are believing you will create it into an existence. And that's what I was trying so desperately to do. And then there's also the opposite the reverse Tinkerbell effect, where you believe in it so hard that it vanishes. And so it's like, I could see myself in this midway point of, I want it so fucking bad. It's not ever going to be mine. Get over it. Stop being mean to people about it. You have to let it go. So I did. I made it a point to sit down one day and I did a very, very intentional meditation to let go to let go of anything that was allowing my mind to keep allowing those memories to come back. And um, I can't say it has worked or hasn't worked because I just don't pay attention to the thoughts, but it definitely opened doorways again, just like meditations do, where it gets you on sync with the vibration that you're supposed to be on. And it definitely helped me let go of letting that space be there for my dreams and for those spots where it really shouldn't be bleeding in anymore. Because your sexual energy is one fucking hell of a thing. And if you notice things that are happening in your life, but you don't take control of it and you don't put action forward to rein it in and tell it what you need it to do rather than just letting it run wild and like holding on, hoping that you don't like scrape your elbows along the way, it's not going to work for you. You have to dictate that energy for yourself. You have to be fully connected, mind, body, spirit, and get it figured the fuck out. Um, because, you know, just like we said, like you come from sex, you are sexual energy. Embrace it and own it and make it work to your benefit. But that's not ever going to happen for you if you don't tune that awareness in. So with your sexual fantasies, it's healthy to use them as mood boosters. It's healthy to use it to, like I had done, taking the feeling but leaving out the person. So when you're taking the feeling, you're keeping the energy and you can still use that. I still use that in dreams to help me fall asleep. I still use sexual fantasies to give myself a mood booster if I need it, to give myself, you know, that little dose of feeling like I'm desired because I just jumped into a fantasy. But remove having someone be attached to it. I feel like that's where the unhealthy side of it comes in. When you're having someone that needs to be a component of the fantasy in order for your fantasy to exist, you need to be okay with being sexually creative in your fantasies. It's not anything to be ashamed of. You know, you're exploring thought. You're exploring ways to communicate how these fantasies are for you. You know, if you're in a committed relationship and you 
want to spice things up and you want to have things that are a little bit more exotic and exciting in the bedroom, start communicating these fantasies that you have. Do it in very small, soft, slow, subtle ways that just open the door for curiosity and an open conversation around it. You're going to be happier once you do because when you're not communicating about it, you're creating this unhealthy space in your mind that keeps it dark, keeps it secretive, and then you risk impulsive actions because you're not allowing your mind to fulfill the thoughts for you or play through the thoughts so you can see the pros and the cons, you know? Sometimes we say things out loud and we're like, that sounded so much better in my head. It's just like this, you know? There's healthy and there's not healthy. Bottling it up is not healthy. Pretending it doesn't exist is not healthy. But finding a way to redirect it that works for you is super fucking healthy. There's seriously been so many relationships in my life in the past where I have made them so sexually awkward because I couldn't communicate that I wasn't getting pleasure. I just was, I just, it didn't even cross my mind to communicate it. I just jumped shit from the relationships because it's just, I didn't know how to have that conversation. So don't be that person. Have those conversations. You're going to be so much happier and then you're not going to have to start from square one on a brand new foundation with the relationships that you're coming in contact with next. Instead, you can actually build lifelong relationships instead of constantly throwing them out the window. I want to play a little game called fantasized or did I just get fucking sexualized? Because the difference between the two is so fine and they literally happen in the blink of an eye. And then it's up to you in that moment if you want to make the conscious decision to still go through with, you know, exploring with them or if you know it's a turnoff that they've just sexualized you and objectified you and kind of removed the fantasy from it and turned it into you being an object because these are really serious red flags to look for i'm kind of at a point in my life where i catch these words way too fucking soon now and it's an extreme turnoff how often they come up and how unaware and under the radar they slide so let me give you some examples okay so example one Husband wants to make his wife come over and over. He heard about multiple orgasms. He started doing research on it. Her body type has had multiple orgasms in the sense that she can have an orgasm and then after a little bit have another one, but she starts to get sensitive. Okay, so these are the details in the situation. Now, if he approaches her and he's like, I want to make you come over and over and over again. To him, that may sound like it's coming off really sexy, but to her, She's getting pressure from that statement. You want me to come over and over again. Like for one, I don't know if I'm capable of doing that. And for two, do I still even feel pleasure at that point? Because some women do feel pleasure from multiple orgasms. Some women get too sensitive and it's not pleasurable after a couple times. So you really have to decide how that works for you and your dynamic. Not everyone's going to be pleased by everything. So by him saying, I want to make you come over and over, he sexualized her. He objectified her. He dehumanized her. If he wanted it to still be a fantasy-filled statement, then what he could say is, I love making you come. I want to do it over and over again. Because the pressure's not there for her to have these orgasms constantly. Instead, it's like, no, I want to give to you because I love seeing when this happens and this is what I want to experience. So it's kind of like one is centered around experience and the two of you and one is centered around your own individual fantasy, whether it's that person's preferences or likes or not. With the situation with the guy who ended up ghosting me, I probably made him feel sexualized because to me, 
I was so connected with the sexual connection that I'm sure I've said, I said something that was like, made him think, oh, she just does this, even though I don't, but he probably thought she just does this because that was what I put off. So that created me sexualizing the situation and no longer treating it for, you know, the relationship that could have been there. Um, another good example is I was watching Sexify and so the boy crawls through the girl's window and this is like, this is totally fantasy, totally erotic, totally sexy. Like if I was that age and some boy crawled through my window, yes, I'd be all about it. But then he starts to, but then he starts to be pushy because he wants to have sex with her. They're in her room. Her parents are downstairs. And then he keeps trying to convince her through talking and like, oh no, they won't notice boom, sexualized. You just removed a fantasy, turned it into a sexualized moment. To me, it's also kind of the difference too between like, have you ever had those partners who are like, well, just tell me how to do this for you. Tell me how you want to be loved or tell me how you need this done versus coming at a situation from the perspective of like, I want to learn. I'm so curious about you that I want to learn what you like. I want to explore what you like. Do you see how big the differences are? It kind of just shows the true colors of where your character is coming from in the situation. Because let's face it, people are always going to put on masks for us. They're always going to put on masks so that way they can get what they want. Like, forms of grooming come in with this fine line between being fantasized and sexualized because we don't always know the other people. And a lot of times people create in their head something that doesn't necessarily exist for who you are. And that goes back into the Tinkerbell effect. Like, if you don't really know me, but you think you know me, and then you're creating fantasy for yourself on all of this stuff, well, are you involving what I'm actually interested in? Or is all of your fantasy yours and I'm just the person or the doll you plugged into the place for it. Because if you're taking in all of someone else's interests and you are no longer emitting what your interests are and you're just trying to be everything for that person to keep them, you're fucking up. Like it's, it's fake murky waters. They're gonna see the clarity as soon as all the dirt settles. So don't play that game to yourself. And then there's moments like the story I read a couple weeks ago where the woman had said that he like drunkenly accidentally admitted that he jacks off thinking about her. And then that turned into them reenacting his fantasy. So it's like, it's so funny how these situations are so tender and so delicate. And you really just have to pay attention to where are your intents coming from when you're saying something. Because how the other person is going to receive it should take about 70 to 80% of your mental capacity in these sexual situations. You have to be able to make that distinction for yourself before actually communicating because if they're not going to receive it well, it's going to come off bad. You're going to come off as, you know, however it is that they want to perceive you based off of how you made them feel. So really watching the way you're wording things so that not so that you can get them, but so that you can genuinely see for yourself where it's at for you. Because if you're realizing that you are sexualizing this person, you really don't have a desire to genuinely know what they're interested in. Don't change your words so that way they're grooming words. Don't change your words so that way you're playing into not letting them see that you're sexualizing them. If you're just blatant about sexualizing someone and that's who you are, blatantly do that because then that's allowing them the ability to tell you no and to correct you with what it is that they prefer over what it is that you want to put on them. I'll give you one more example because this is one that I noticed in my relationship recently. So as you know from listening to last week's episode, I'm totally into joking. Um, but, and my boyfriend knows this. So there was a situation one time where we had gotten in a fight, we made up, 
And then he knows I like choking. So we like, we made up, but we also didn't fully talk about it. So it was like, it was resolved. It wasn't totally resolved, but it was resolved. And then so he went to going to that and immediately just stop. No, like do not use that right now. This is not the time. And um, yeah, so I feel like that's a common example that maybe not the choking part, but it's a common example of situations that can happen within your relationship because these small things happen all the time. They happen all the time. And, you know, for me, it also used to be smoking weed. Instead of resolving the issue, we would smoke weed instead. So it's like, are you replacing sexual interaction so that we are avoiding the sexual conversation? Because that also falls into sexualizing. Um, and then there's self-sexualizing. And this one is not good or bad. Um, it is just what it is. And it's based off your own personal awareness because there's situations where you can totally sexualize yourself and use it to your advantage, but it depends on your character and the ways that you're utilizing it and if you are involving other people in a negative way or if it is just around yourself because obviously you don't want to negatively impact other people. So just know where you are in the moment based off that, but self-sexualizing happens all the time. Like when we're young, we want to be sexy. Like I said, we want to have those reactions. We want to have people looking at us. We want to be desired. You want to be looked at. And then you don't realize that sometimes they're only looking at you for the sexual reasons, not for the admiration reasons. So make sure that if you're doing the self-sexualizing, it's on your ter- your terms. You're not doing it out of performing. You're not doing it out of trying to be that person for the other person that just fulfills everything for them because what are they fulfilling for you it has to be cohesive it has to be a two-way dynamic in some type of power exchange and ask yourself is it your fantasy that's being fulfilled or are you fantasizing about pleasing someone else and are you depleted after or are you energized after these are all things that you have to take note of for yourself and this goes for you know all genders, all walks of life. This is a human thing. It's not a one side or this side type of thing. Because like I said, when these red flags go ignored, it takes you down the tunnel. Um, And if you don't know the individual who's taking you down that tunnel, you could be setting yourself up for a lot of hurt and a lot of, um, you know, just completely being objectified and losing self-esteem over that is really hard to get back. But if you bring this awareness in beforehand, then, you know, with each moment, you're making the conscious decision to move forward or to pull away. And that's the power that you have. And that's the power that you should always embrace within yourself. Um, Because the fine line between someone sexualizing you can so quickly turn into sexual assault. And once it goes there, that's traumatizing. Once it goes there, now that's changing your perspectives on all your sexual interactions when it comes to things that will bring up trigger memories around it. Because a lot of times people will think, well, we agreed to be on this date. You came back home with me. You are in my apartment. Like, so now I've got you here. What are you going to do now? Like, that's how fast it turns into sexual assault. But if you have the capability to point out red flags as the date's going along, you're not taking back that control. They're not going to be able to gaslight you. They're not going to be able to hold any of these things over your head because you are fully aware and you fully notice little bits of their character that they showed you that they didn't think you were looking at because they were doing the magic trick up here, you know? Um, I found it really interesting, though. While I was looking into this, did you guys know that rape and ravish come from the same origins of their definitions? Isn't that fucking disturbing? 
To ravish is to seize and to carry off by force. And then we all know what fucking rape is. So why are these words so similar in definition, but completely different in perception? I'm so tired of our culture thinking that it's okay to manipulate our language to normalize us wanting to be taken advantage of and to normalize it being okay to take without earning. And it's creating a mentality where we're completely removing ourselves from the real reward that is earning someone's trust and earning someone's respect and earning someone's companionship and also earning their vulnerability. When I was doing some research on some of the uh, dungeons, I when we were doing the BDSM episodes, I came across a lot of videos from women in India and um, some other countries who were talking about, you know, their their media glorifies rape, not as in you know, the women look at it like, ooh, I want to be raped. No, but they glorify the aspects of it that are the ravishing part, the being taken, the being consumed by force. Um, There are moments where that's sexy. There's moments where with the right individual that is sexy. But why is our society trying to normalize these two words being so similar to each other? Because no woman, no person wants to be taken by force from someone who has ill intent. No one wants to be taken by someone who has no awareness. Being manhandled can be very sexy and maybe that's the aspect that they're trying to glorify because there are like, you know, I enjoy being handled. I enjoy not having to always tell you how to do things. Um, So maybe that's what they're trying to highlight here, but I just find it disturbing. What do you think? What are your thoughts around that? Anyway, I hope all of this makes sense. I hope all of this helps. Sometimes I don't know if I'm like actually tying dots for people or if I'm making things more confusing for people. Um, But I just think awareness in the words that you're choosing says a lot about your character. And when someone notices that awareness about you, it deepens the connection. So, you know, we can all be a little bit better. We can all be a little bit better about glorifying the good parts of fantasy and, you know, putting a stop to a lot of our sexualizing language and re- narrating how it is that we talk to each other sexually, how it is we talk to each other erotically, how it is that we talk to each other in fantasy, you know, because there's a lot of beauty in the sexual world that we're denying. And I want to bring it forward. And I want people to have the courage to express themselves in a positive and healthy way that's not going to get them in trouble, not going to get them in danger, but is going to help them truly explore what it is they love and Cultivate that energy around yourself so you can start attracting the people into your life who live on that same vibration. Like that's how you bring in your soulmates, you know? You get on that vibe, you better yourself, and by doing so, they're able to find you. All right, so before I let you guys go this week, I have two surprises for you. I have a clit trick and I have a dick tip for you. But first, this week's episode is brought to you by the all-new Artistry Skincare line. They have a balancing solution set and they have a hydrating solution set. The reason why I wanted to bring this product forward to you is because for one, it's brand new. And for two, the science that has gone behind this line is absolutely profound. Artistry scientists unlocked a vital skin secret by discovering that skin looks its healthy best when five key skin nutritional requirements are addressed. 
These requirements are universal. They apply evenly to all skin types and all skin tones and all ethnicities and all ages. Plus, each artistry skin nutrition solution is formulated and designed to be personalized for you and by you. Make your own regimen by pairing products from the different solutions to curate the perfect skincare routine and still fulfill all five key skin nutritional requirements. I said it before and I'll say it again, the reason that I only support this company for the products within my household is because of the product transparency on everything. Their ability to show you the entire process, complete transparency on their website, you can ask any questions that you're curious about. And the most beautiful thing is their scientists are constantly trying to be revolutionary in the sense of, we want vegan ingredients. They give you vegan ingredients. They truly listen to the demand and how quickly it changes. And they created this line for people who want to live a completely clean lifestyle. They even have a list on their website Website that you can go look at that is a list of clean beauty ingredients that they will never touch because they know they are not what we want, what we need, what is healthy for our skin, and they stick to true science and they stick to science that is always evolving. On top of having a list of all of the no products, they also provide you a list of all of the yes products. These are botanical and scientific ingredients that are trusted by the company because the brand is all about healthy beauty. They leverage their research team's extraordinary nutrition, wellness, and skincare knowledge to create a list of ingredients, especially those from plants, that we believe promote beauty, healthy looking skin to in the best possible ways. So if you're interested in supporting the show and if you are interested in switching over some of the products within your household to products that you know you can trust, I trust these products. You can ask me anything that is on the website, what my preferences are on them. I'll let you know if I've used it or not. Feel free to check it out. You can get the link on justpressforeplay.com. The tab will say Susie's shop or there's also Pat's shop. And this will give you access to all of the products that are available to you. All of the products um, have reviews. They have have lists and lists of information so that way, like I said, it's full transparency on the ingredients, full transparency on the science behind it, full transparency all around, and there is no company that I trust more than this, and that's why I'm happy to bring this link to you guys. And I bring it to you with pride, and I bring it to you with full confidence saying that these are the products I've always used within my household as an adult, and I wouldn't have it any other way. All right, so let's get into sex tips. I'm going to try my best to translate this and hopefully it works out well because I've never described without being able to show, which is a little weird, but that's okay. So let's start with the clip trick. This you can do on yourself or you can do if you're a man and you want to do it to your partner or if you're female want to do it to your partner, but it's just a little bit of a fun exercise to bring awareness to the um, thousands of sensations that the clip can have. So a lot of issues that I've been noticing repeatedly and questions that people ask For one, men always have issues finding the clit. And I think, in my opinion, it's because they're always going too fast. Like, there's, like, a nervous air about what's going on. And so they're always just trying to, like, play it like a joystick. And that's not how it works. If you were to approach a flower with the same intensity you approach your joystick, you're going to break that flower. Women are flowers. You're going to knock all them fucking petals off and wonder why she's frustrated and can't get off. That's your reason right there. She's not a fucking joystick. So I want you to take so much lube and I want you to, instead of thinking about it as playing with the clit, I want you to play with the lube around the clit and try to avoid the clit altogether and just play with the motions of all of the liquid around, all of the fluid around. 
Like truly give the entire vulva a massage before you even think about touching the clit, okay? This is going to warm up your partner. This is going to allow their mentality to relax because let's face it, if you don't relax the mentality of a woman, you're going to at least double your time on being able to get her there. If you can get her mind to relax, women can come in like two minutes. No joke. It only takes a long time when the awareness is in the wrong places. Instead of being nervous that you might be doing it wrong, just really embrace taking it slower. Um, I would suggest like getting in there and like looking at what you're doing. Pay attention to when you see that she's pulsing with certain touches. You don't want to be moving so fast that you can't keep track of the body's reaction based off your movements, if that makes sense. The slower you go with women, the more intense you are going to make their orgasm. So say you just, you've got her all oiled up, her whole vulva is nice and glassy. Um, now you still haven't touched chocolate yet. You're still just teasing all the areas around. Now you want to play with a little bit of pressure play. And that can be you pressing your thumb over her clit and just holding it there for a moment, not really moving, just holding it there and see if you get a reaction. Press around little areas, just play with pressure and see what reaction you're getting. I shouldn't really have to coach you too much after this because once you start to notice how much the clit starts to react, the slower you are, the more you make it anticipate the more involved you're going to be in and being aware of, oh, cool, she likes this, she likes that, and then you can basically take it from there. But this is a good starting point because if you overstimulate the clit right away, it's going to be harder to make her come. And if you don't pay attention to her mentality first, it's not going to make her come. If you pay attention to those two things, you'll be able to get her there very quickly. Another thing that would be a good note to play with is just barely their touches. If you're able to just hover over ever so slightly and just let small touches happen on the very tip of her clit or around the hood of her clit, um, like I said, pay attention and you'll be happy with the results that you're seeing when you're taking your time. Now for the dick tip trick. Um, this one, you're going to need two hands. You're going to need two hands. You're going to need to make it sloppy. I can't say that guys really need too much prep work um, as long as you, you know, whatever gets them hard. It's it's not that difficult. Then once you do, make sure that you have a lot of saliva, lube, whatever you choose to do. Okay, so this is like mid blowjob. This is not starting blowjob. This is like you're in the middle of it. Take both your hands and I want you to have quite a bit of pressure and I want you to be having that pressure pulling down. So essentially what you're doing is making all the blood flow in the tip of his head. And I want you to, again, be very soft and be very slow because it's going to be a moment where you're changing the pace. You're changing the pace. You're giving him a little bit of something different to work with, a little bit of a surprise in the middle, okay? I want you to lightly hover over it with your breath. I want you to barely tease I want you to play with very, very lightly sloshing your tongue from the penis hole down to the base of his head. I want you to do it very softly with a lot of deep breath. Then when you're ready, I want you to increase the pressure. 
So your hands are still holding the pressure so that way the dick is nice and like all the blood flows up there. Where you want to be holding the most pressure is your tongue to the dick hole. (laughs) So you basically have pressure all the way around. You have pressure all the way around the base of the cock and you have pressure all on the top of his head and you're flicking your tongue back and forth with tons of pressure. So it's a little hard to do because your tongue's essentially going to be flat and trying to work its way to being flicking. And you're really, it's almost like a form of playing with sounding, but you're not, if you don't know what sounding is, sounding is where you like put something inside the guy's dick hole. I'm not really into that. I've never tried it. So I guess I can't say if I'm really into it or not, but some guys it freaks them out. Some guys it's too much, but this might be a good little way to kind of like test the waters to see, because there's a lot of filling with in inside of the penis hole. There's so much feeling in there. So if you're putting all the pressure to where you're basically making that have to be exposed and then you're putting all the pressure back down on it. I can't say how it feels for a guy because I definitely don't have a penis, but I can say that it works every time. This is going to be the type of pressure and sensation play that should be able to get like his legs shaking a little bit, which is pretty exciting if he can do that. Um, if this is confusing, let me know and I can give you more detail. I don't really know how else to describe it. Just a lot of pressure and you're basically trying to press your tongue into his dick hole in a way, but not so much in that sense. It's more like flat tongue flicking on his fat, hard dickhead. Yeah. So we'll leave it at that. I love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week. And um, next week we are going to be hearing from Dom K and I'm so fucking excited for that. And then the following week we have another surprise for you, but I'll save that for next week's episode. All right. I love you guys. Have a wonderful week. Let me know what you think of this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon.